Welcome to Noahala, the podcast, highlighting the voices, experiences, and reflections of African diasporans reconnecting to Africa. I am Gaima, and it's my intention to bridge the gap between the African and the African diasporan through the story shared by my guests and myself. We could learn a lot together. It's time to level up. It's no wahala. Hey everyone, it's I am Gaima. Welcome to a special episode of No Wahala, the podcast. Today I am being joined by somebody who I don't know if you guys know her, but I've known her pretty much all her life. Um, it's my younger sister. I've got two of them. This one's name is Sally, <laughs> a known as the Slayer, K Slay. She's all about styling. She slays in these streets of New York, and um, she's here to help me answer questions. Um, my cyber mailbag has come in and everybody's got questions about my eight month travel um, I was on the continent of Africa for about eight months and um, had the opportunity to literally land in eight countries so a lot of questions um, so let's get to it welcome to the show Sally welcome Wow! thank you for having me <laughs> yeah yeah anyway before we get started with the mailbag I mean do you have any questions um not yet my questions will um, I guess I'll have questions after we get started I'm sure all right bro you know I like to do things so very annoying anyway all right so what we did um, I got a lot of questions, some of them over time, um, where people would just, you know, hit me up, DM me questions um, and such, WhatsApp me, uh, Facebook, um, primarily is where my cyber mailbag um, questions are from. So I did a compilation, wrote them all down and put them in a cute little clutch. Um, so she's going to literally pull them out randomly and ask me and we'll go from there I have so many questions for you oh my gosh okay I feel like I'm on a game show right now where you know the bowl the jar and you like okay bro yeah put them around there's literally like an entire pile guys hopefully we'll get through them all because we do have shit to do later so Thanks. yeah Okay, let's see. Wait, so do you want me to say their IG name too? Or am I um, just reading the question? No, I think we should do IG names because I, you know, every person I would like to be able to kind of shout them out if I can. So yeah. But what if, if your questions are bad? What do you mean bad? Or rude. No, it's fine. Some people, you know, we're keeping this all the way honest. And some people that I know personally, you know, they ain't shit. It is what it is. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, answer the question. 
I'll do okay, my best. Okay, girl. Yeah. If you insist. All right. So the first question is from at Justin Reed. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Justin's cool peeps. Um, working on some upcoming dope projects with him. Um, he is. Gosh, he owns um, a soccer line. He's like, um, he offered apparel, but he's transitioning now into something that's even bigger. Um, he's going to be, I think he's basically the chairman of the Black Soccers Association, which is a national organization that's basically going to highlight um, black soccer coaches all over the country. And I think they're looking to do initiatives that are global. Um, so more to come from Justin, but yeah, what did Justin ask? So he wants to know during your time in Africa, what infrastructural changes did you see compared to your last visit? Um, well, the only country that I could s do that comparison with is Sierra Leone because that's the only country I had visited before this trip on the continent. Um, I would say Sierra Leone's infrastructure is worse now than it was when I was there last because um, the time that I was there was like it wasn't post Ebola. Um, Ebola really stagnated the country. Um, the economy was on a trajectory where it was like one of the fastest rising economies in the world back in like 2000 and I don't know four or something like that somebody listening could probably google this and know the facts I don't I'm not like that in uh, in my knowledge base but it was definitely um lit and then Ebola happened and it literally crippled the economy and there was already changes that were happening that where rebuilding was taking place because of post-war so on and so forth so that post-war um setup then on top of that ebola um you know one of the things that pissed me off the most that we experienced was like it was hard to find a public bathroom that was suitable nice, like nice. the bathrooms were there but am i going in there and it wasn't free like if you wanted to use the bathroom you had to like go into a certain establishment and obviously buy whatever they're selling and then they'll let you use their bathroom yeah like those like, were legit but like a literal public restroom for the like for the community was not there at well, all. we didn't see it so like if it was there we ain't know nothing about it um so that was really tough and i'm sure a lot of other sierra leoneans both born and raised there left out those like us who were born here or whatever and go back and visit we i think many of us have experienced that so that was tough um what else um one of my huge complaints was of course lack of wi-fi consistent wi-fi and electricity um, my understanding is now, literally, I guess, weeks after I left, um, the new uh, the new government reestablished um, whatever treat I don't know contracts with um, some companies that basically they were outsourcing 
um, elect electricity oh. electricity provision. So in order for Freetown in particular to have 24-7 electricity, there's like a ship that is providing the wattage necessary. I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that Freetown is such like the way that it's built, it's mm. mountainous, so on and so forth. So what we're used to having all those pipes, not pipes, I'm sorry, poles mm. and fiber optics and things of that nature, the, like I think because of naturally how Freetown is set up, it's very difficult to do. So it being provided from the sea, I guess is the best bet, but because of political changes, there was literally a gap of about two months where electricity was provided um, intermittently. Like, we would get it, like, six hours a mm -hmm. day, which is bullshit. Like, are you kidding me? Right. And that went on for, in my opinion, too long. So I would literally be pissed because I would buy groceries. And because of how the electricity was, um, you know, inconsistent, my groceries would spoil. But who's going to go to the market every single day? Um, so those types of things were really tough. Um, there's promise because of this new government. There's a lot of promises being made. If they can uphold that, then within five years, Sierra Leone is going to be very, very uh, standard. Because lit, lit, lit. literally, literally, um, because already within four weeks, 24-7 electricity is, is present. Um, people are not going without, as long as they pay, of course, um, the monthly bill or whatever. But it's now there. Um, but yeah. it's not that there isn't Wi-Fi. The problem is the Wi-Fi is too expensive. It doesn't no. make sense. No, so the Wi-Fi situation, um, I definitely was using Wi-Fi while I was there. It was equivalent for a MiFi. Basically, you could take it with you wherever. Mm -hmm. $75 a month, which is a lot of money. Um, if you really think about it in general, that's a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. But um, when, once you leave Freetown and you go upline, like let's say you go into McKinney for the weekend, you might get service, but it's spotty as hell. Like it's more than likely they're not going to be able to hear you well like i can remember being in freetown and calling uncle and like it was hard to hear and they had their mi-fi too and i never called anybody like in southern sierra leone which is like Bo kenema but i would be shocked if their wi-fi was lit like i don't know but i i don't have any confidence in the current setup of wi-fi that it's what it needs to be but with this president installing um this guy david monia senge who is um an mit like ted talk scientific whiz um prodigy yada yada and he's supposed to basically bring he's in charge of technology and innovation now all of those initiatives for sierra leone having somebody like him who was just running um the innovation lab of ibm africa now he's you know championing is that the word whatever initiatives that will happen in sierra leone if he can be given all of the tools and resources that he needs sierra leone is going to surpass many countries 
even within West Africa within five years. It is what it is. So hopefully um, he's given all the resources. And by the time I get back, I mean, which it will be well before five years, God willing, you know, I can really speak to this question and have more good things to say. I hope that answers your question, um, Justin Reed, at Justin Reed. Okay, so let's continue with the next question. Um, at official Marcus Mead, he wants to know, what is your next chapter now that you're back in the U.S.? Who's who? Whose question is that? At official Marcus um, me, I, oh, Machado. Machado. You just can't terrible. read, bro. You can't. His cursive is you trash. Just, so you don't know how to read cursive. That's the problem. No, no, no. Your cursive is trash. Okay. All right. Well, I get compliments on my writing all the time. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, shout out to official Marcus Machado. He's dropping his... He just dropped his new single. He is scoring a new um, short film that's like getting raves and all these um film festivals is about to premiere at the hip-hop fest hip-hop music and movie festival in dc next month like he's so lit anyway um how has my what what is your next chapter now What's that you're chapter? back in the u.s hmm that's a good question um i mean i'm back it's been literally a month and within that period of time, you know, just I've acquired some new projects, new clients um, that I'm doing uh, management and um, like brand management for and bookings for, um, which is dope. So excited um, and appreciative for the opportunities and um, of course, you know, I'm Young, our new collection that's coming. Um, there's so much involved in that. Dropping um, really soon. Yeah. One of the main reasons for me being in Sierra Leone for as long as I was there was because we um, were, I was overseeing the production of samples for our new collection. So um, there's a lot happening, um, a lot that we want to do just outside of the fashion piece itself but more so impacting social change so um just meeting with people who are on that same vibe and want to also contribute because um, it's really at the end of the day you know it's about making money but it's also about giving back and you don't have to be a, a billionaire in order to do that always 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 so yeah Okay. Um, Making more dope clothes for Marcus. I mean, that's about it. Let's see. What's who's next? Um, okay. <laughs> so the next question is from at. Um, let me. I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. In Seekin Simone. Simone. That's what it looks like. In Seekin. Yeah. Why did you come back? Why did you come back? That's the question. Yes. Why did you come back, girl? Um, wow. Well, 
in part because my mom wanted me to um yeah in part she was definitely a major reason why i had to come back um two i don't have a house in freetown yet, yet. um and three i i still have a whole life here like an entire life people that are here that I deal with regularly business that's in motion in the United States and um, as much as I love Africa particularly Sierra Leone the way that it's currently set up it's not yet an environment where you can just get up and just be there and then just implant yourself like that um, levels to this there's too many variations that are in play that are not yet conducive for that type of move i've heard that people can do stuff like that like in ghana and like south africa but even in those countries where you know things are going really well economically um when you travel you know everybody has a spirit about them but typically you plan to move it's atypical that you just are on a travel binge and then just are like, okay, I'm done. This is where I'm going to say I'm never going to come go back to over there. Like that's, that's, it, it happens, but it did not happen to me. So that's why I'm back, girl. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll see you soon. Okay, well, um, let's see. Um, I don't like that question. Um. What do you mean? How are you just going? I don't like that question. So at okay. a Johnny Truth, we might go back to the other one, but for now, let's focus. Okay, whatever. So this one is from at a Johnny Truth. What was your initial reasoning for deciding to go? I guess deciding to go home or go back or go, go to Africa. Okay. Um, hey, a Johnny. He's um, a photographer out of DC and um, he's now also like um, a like a vegan chef like doing events for vegan lovers and all that so hopefully I get to attend one of these events and get up on that um so Ajani why did we decide to go so um Koku Ganza who's one of my best friends I have two she's one um, we decided that we were sick of America. Literally, um, last January, it's a few months after Trump got into office, and um, it's cold as hell in um, New York, especially when you have to be on foot. Like, there's no vehicle, like, you're, you're walking through the snow, mounds of snow, because you got to make moves regardless. And we were just over it. So we were like, you know what? fuck this next um by next winter we need to be in africa that's i think legit how the idea came about but koku um i think she was way more serious about it initially than i was so she really started strategizing how we could make it happen um and you know we just really started sitting down and putting a plan together I think a few days or weeks after the inception of that idea because destiny is real and everything happens for a reason she was performing on the platforms um, that's how she does her practice 
um, cause she's a musician, blah, blah, blah. And, um, this lady saw her sign and she saw her name, Koku Ganza. And the Koku part of it, it's, um, a na- it's a, it's like a sir part. I don't, I don't know what that means. You know, indigenous to there. It is indigenous to that particular village, but it's like the beginning oh, like part. A surname, almost. It's technically like a surname. In a sense. So like, you know, you have the Koku Ganza, the Koku Hewa, the Koku Tona, the Koku, like it. So if you have that name, you're immediately um, associated. associated with that particular part of the country of tanzania so this lady basically um she curates curious on tanzania her name is justa and she saw koku bonded connected because koku was singing malaika so she had you know everybody in tears of course and her and justice exchanged numbers and we went and met with her and really started getting serious about the um the opportunity to be hosted by her in Tanzania and so that's really how it started getting serious and then the blessings came for me financially and it was we were ready so the plan really went into motion Koku is like um a gifted traveling curator like she knows how to find the best airbnbs without spending the most money she knows how to find the best plane tickets you know she has that gift and so that's how we made it happen yeah cute real cute (laughs) let's see who's next um (laughs) this is funny this is from at mr underscore eight five three seven first off your I, your IG name sounds like somebody's. Then you sound like a fake, like a like fake a account, creep, like, like a fake creep ass account. That's really what it sounds. Anyways, so um, he wants to know: Did you find any fair skin or Liberian men while abroad? Okay. I don't. Okay. That. So basically, okay. All right, all right, Jaya. This is my brother, and you're the only person who I will accept this disrespect from. Because this is disrespectful. But, you know, bad. The answer is no. I did not. Next question. <laughs> um, this next question is from at, oh, one of my faves, at A Ray underscore 23. Yes, because what do you, oh, why do you think mental health is not discussed in the black or African community? Because our parents, grandparents, culturally speaking, at least from what I observed, um, they don't, there's uh, this thing called shame that is prevalent within the African community. Shame, girl, pride. Shame, right next to shame is pride, right next to pride is shame. Um, People don't like to be ashamed. They don't like to feel less than their next door neighbor. They don't like to feel like everybody knows when something is wrong. And they have boiled into that. They've allowed that to boil into their psyche and be passed on from generations, literally to generations. So 
if something such as mental health is an issue for a, a relative, okay, like Sierra Leone's Dande Creso, Dande Edno Fulop, Dande, you know, and once they put you into that category and it's legit, they kind of dismiss you. They don't, well, in I guess some cultures, like it's really bad, or it used to be where they would like leave that person off in the woods somewhere. Like, I remember hearing stories about that, but I don't think that that's like recent. Maybe in the past, like, I don't know, 100 years, mm, they used okay. to do shit like that. Maybe 50 years ago. Maybe honestly. 50, you know, but um, when somebody is suffering from mental health, and they're not like also physically disabled like it's just mental it's really hard for people to understand that that's a real ailment just because you can't see like see it on them it doesn't mean that it's legitimate and they don't respect the the disability they don't they just don't and then there's so much ignorance within the communities and whenever at least one of the things that I've definitely witnessed or heard when they see something like that they just attribute it to um, spirituality and saying that someone some evil spirit has taken a hold of that individual um, and they basically now treat that individual as though they're harboring evil and they kind of cast them out in a sense or they mm -hmm. avoid them mm -hmm. instead of like embracing them and trying to get them help help them through need. that the help that they need they don't get it yeah so and of course like to the question the point of the question you know i i saw that of course right up front with um you know relatives people around the neighborhood or whatever where i was staying yada yada like i really saw that um i don't know if i told you this but one of our neighbors that at the house at um auntie and uncle's house the mom is mentally ill and she used to live here in new york but because she, you know all and her family lives here like her parents and aunt they live here in the city they sent her back to freetown instead of getting her whatever facilities assistance they could possibly get for her and so she literally like just wanders around and she's not like completely out of it like she's very educated her english is on point that's what threw me and what's crazy is when i was first told about her before i met her i was like where does she live when she was in the u.s and they just look he the guy who was telling me he was like i don't know i can't remember i was like I bet money that she used to live in New York and sure enough when I found out she absolutely lived here because as they were describing her I was like that sounds like the people that we see every day in the train mm -hmm. so it just made me sad because I'm like damn if she was here she probably would have more access to um, mental health care she has absolutely no access in Freetown so she's just there that's crazy yeah that's we have to do sad. better as a community a global community a global melanated community we have to do better for our, our people so the next question is first off it's from at a Johnny truth 
Oh, he got questions. Right. Did you plan on staying for eight months? No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, my initial plan was to be back basically by the end of March um, with my mom. Because she actually stayed. She met, you guys met me there um, in December. And she had some projects that she was working on. Um, along with, of course, just visiting for the first time in a while and making sure that uh, our trip back, she was there with us to like guide us and all of that. So I was supposed to come back. I was initially planning to come back in January because honestly, I didn't think I'd be able to get along with mom <laughs> long enough. <laughs> Dead ass. I was like, let me gauge it. So me and her oh, together I, for about a month. I remember that conversation. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to just come back in January and house it until she gets back and then make moves from there but then it was legit like we super bonded learned so much from her just saw a different side of her and whatnot and of course just was learning more about my people at Sierra Leoneans there was just a lot happening um so then I thought I was going to come back with her in March and she actually encouraged me to stay and so I definitely cried heavily. I was super emo, mm -hmm. worried yeah. about my own well-being. Remember. And yeah, I called you, freaked out. Thanks for answering on WhatsApp. Shout out to Electricity for working that day. <laughs> um, all of that. And for me never really sleeping and uh, just taking naps because you stay I that way, but like it's 2 a.m. I might be asleep. I might want to get Anyway, shout out to your New York life, basically. Don't make it seem like you were staying up for me. You were staying up because you live here and you live the life. Whatever. Eh. And then um once I I, I, I don't know, I gained some clarity around um, some things, but especially in regards to the business. And I just saw like how us having things made, like how it was empowering our seamstress and, you know, just giving her more. And, you know, I was going around visiting, you know, in the marketplace, the different um, market points. And was just seeing like I was like there's so much potential there's so many people here who really do their thing like tailors the leather um, good makers and all of that so I talked over it recall called you like I think we should produce mm -hmm. here like we need to really at least try so that's what kept me there even longer and um, I was waiting on some paperwork to go through but I tell you what, with this new government, um, <laughs> a lot of shenanigans was taking place. So that's also what delayed my stay. Um, but it, it is what it is. Everything is God's time. It happened the way it should have happened. So that's how it happened. Eight months from a three and a half month excursion to eight months is how it took place. Crazy. Let's see the next question is from Wait, before we go on, I have to I have to shout out everybody who gave a damn about me enough to deposit money into my account while I was out there because 
guarantee yes Saleh, my mom been to you know were sending me money when they could but i started getting deposits from people that i never would have thought like aunties that yes we close but you have your own responsibilities and um your best friend my other sister Brittany, like people would just show up and just deposit money in my account so trust and believe these people had a hand in making sure not only was i out there but like i was good and i could do things that i didn't initially plan to do financially out there Word. yeah you guys are the realest i love you so much no, yeah, ditto. I'm not gonna cry. Okay, next question. Um, okay, so this is from at the medium seven. Yash, what is a strange experience <laughs> that happened that made you question life? He's so he's so deep. My guy. Oh, hmm. It's a lot of experiences out there. Um. Sierra Leone wise um, I was in town the day that they announced the president and um, I was in Central Freetown and literally I watched the beginning of the town turn from being just a peaceful normal day to um, riot status I was rushed out of the city via transportation shout out to the keke um i'm absolutely gonna buy one next time i'm there i'm buying a keke okay girl yeah but um if you don't know what a keke is that's the sierra leone way to to call it um but the actual vehicle is called a bajaj and it's manufactured in india so really yeah i didn't know that didn't hit know that your googles name. hit your googles bajaj bajaj how do you spell that? B-A-J-A-J, -A -J, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that mode of transportation is, it can go, honestly, up and down damn near mountains, legit. Um, it's not as fast as a, a vehicle, but um, it c can navigate through traffic in a way that nothing else can in Freetown. So um, I was rushed out of the city and back up to the compound and where I was staying. And um, it was really, it's one thing when like you hear about fighting, breaking out and whatnot, but it's another when you legit see people with things in their hands, throwing them at their fellow man. Like that was what was happening because what, you've got people who voted for one party and you've got people who voted for another they distinguish themselves by color it's legit like a gang i don't care what anybody says politics it's glorified gang banging mm -hmm. and no matter what country you're in that's that's what it is it's not handled the same way and practiced the same way in every country but african politics is something that i learned with this trip that i didn't imagine i was going to learn I wish I could forget. I'm forever traumatized by it. I'm traumatized by the effects of it. And um, a lot of it disgusted me. Um, and that was one in which I just really 
when I got home, I was like, all of this is about politics, who you align with. And these people who are out here about to cause havoc and mayhem upon one another are the ones who are suffering the most. They don't have shit. Like, what are you really doing this for? And when you should be protesting, when you should be re wrecking havoc because the government is failing you, you're too afraid to stand up and, and wreak havoc. But you'll do it against your fellow... I just... I can't. So that really made me question, like, the state of the minds of our people there. It just... It was really a low point for me on my trip. Damn, shoddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, before you get into your feelings again, um, let me see what's next. Um, so, this is from at Christina Javon. Hey, girl. How do you compare and contrast Africa versus America? <laughs> Gosh. Wow. I'm not going to say too much. What I will say is that um, Africa is authentic and America is fake on a lot of levels. You could look at the, we'll start with the food <laughs> because God knows. I was sick for about a week after coming back because honestly sometimes I feel like the shit that I'm eating here is just it's just shit. plastic shit. it's manufactured it's, it's just not real it's shit yeah oh, okay. pretty much um the water all of that um the every everything is just fake yes including the people most of the people here are false most of the people here, they don't have a real personality. They're basically like curating their personality through Instagram and all these other Facebook, whatever social media platforms. And when you meet them in real life, they're like jelly. They're like, they're damn, it's like in person, they don't exist. The who it is that you see online is, is not who it is when you meet them in person. Africa, it is what it is. Like very authentic. Everything, everybody is authentic. I'm not saying you're not gonna meet some fake ass like Congo side people, but you know that they're they know that they're fake. Like I'm, I I talk shit. Like right. this bitch. Like I just complimented her wig. I'm about to talk about her when she walks away because it's slanted to the right. Like that, of course, is going on. But somebody who's fake. You know that they're fake. They know that they're fake. Like, they own their shit. How good they may be, how bad they may be, like... But I feel like, I feel like that's, that varies per, like, areas. Because Sierra Leoneans are very, what I can say, even... We so real. Even though... Oh, God. Even though we're, like... We're rude. That's basically rude as fuck. To, that's what it comes. Down oh my to. god! I'm not even gonna sugarcoat. It's we're, we're so very rude. Direct. We're very rude. And the oh thing god. is, there's nothing wrong with that. However, our problem is we don't know when to turn it on and off. Not from no filter. The experience between, let's just say Sierra Leone and Ghana, like, yes, they may be fake as hell, or they may be, you know, whatever, but. At least they know how to, to turn it on and off. You know, like they know which environment they're in or what setting. Salon people, we give no fucks. There's Fuckless. no fucks given. So Nothing. 
Mm-mm. That's one of our issues, which is also probably one of our, I don't know, gems as uh, well. Yeah. Every, um, you know, it's all perspective as well. Somebody there could be like, oh my God, because we're so rude, because we're so, like, they may see it as not being rude. It's just, you're, you're never, like, when somebody lies in free time, like, everybody knows. <laughs> like, it's, it's really hard to get off lying. Even the politicians, like, everybody knows. It's just they're like, well, that's who I'm affiliated with because that's how I'm going to eat bread. So I'm going to deal with their lies. But I don't know if that's also based on, like, culture and the way people conduct and carry themselves and what what their norm is. Overall, ultimately, Africans in general, and I don't want to say just men, but I mean, they're known for being very aggressive, Mm -hmm. but women, African women, I believe we can too. You know what I mean? Um, Or be aggressive? Yes, depending on on the setting and the situation. Well, and that's as opposed in, in in contrast to Americans and how they are very passive aggressive, extremely they, passive aggressive, um, which also aligns with them and how fake they can be. Yeah. So you can kind of take the aggression and it can be, I, I don't know, miscommunicated depending on the situation. But that's one major comparison between Africans and Americans. I, I guess overall, I will just say Africa versus America. Compare it to the food. Okay, so next question comes from at photodiva underscore Darius Davis. Oh, <laughs> your cursive is trash, yo. Oh God. Okay. Anyways, hey Brandy. She says, "I want to hear about the excellency of Africa." That needs more exposure on all platforms. Selflessly, I want the inside scoop on the must see and must do. Okay. Um. So the plug is happening. Um. Definitely, it's time to go follow Passport to Zuri on Instagram. Um, because Koku and I are going to go into extreme detail with sharing our travel experience through photos, through video, um, as well as commentary. Um, we are launching the Passport to Zuri podcast soon as well. Um, and that's where we'll be able to expound on all of the must-sees and must-dos. Um, so that's Passport to Zuri at Passport, the number two and then Zuri, Z-U-R-I, on Instagram. That's where you can start to follow us. Um, As far as the the excellency of Africa, because I feel like I have kind of talked negatively, but why were you there for eight months if it was so bad? Because it's not all bad. Um, Africa is so beautiful, it actually can hurt you. Like, just being in awe of the raw beauty um, there's no place, I don't believe there's no a, any other place on this earth like the continent. And you can get so many different types of seasons within one continent. So many types of landscapes. Like, you know, we landed in Egypt. So, of course, you know, we saw the sand situation. We saw the pyramids. Um, 
one of the most beautiful countries that I don't think people really talk about is Uganda. Uganda is so pretty. Oh my God. Every corner is a photo shoot. That place he find, oh, it's so pretty. And of course the people are beautiful. Um, but it's so gorgeous. Africa is so gorgeous. Uh, Zanzibar. People act like Zanzibar is this mystical place off in the middle of... Uh, that's Africa. That is a part of Africa. Zanzibar is Africa. Don't get it twisted. Um, because people get on my nerves. People get a, The propaganda of, the, of America gets literally on my nerves. Um, there are so many intelligent people that we that we were able to meet um the way that people care about each other honestly i think is what impressed me the most a little bit of it is nosiness and congosa yes but authentically people really give a damn about each other it is truly like um total opposite to go back to the other question and answer the america versus africa yeah people really care about each other for themselves in america everyone well not everyone but a lot that's the majority the culture here is just different and and that aspect of you know kind of being off by yourself being an island you don't need nobody this that and the third um that's all bullshit um africa does not operate that way places where it does you know they're trying to be western um i feel like they're a ticking time bomb honestly if they let go of that communal way of behaving and embrace the western culture of being in silos it's a ticking time bomb for disaster because look at america it's a lot of bullshit going on here. And I think because people don't travel enough, they're jaded. And they feel like everything that they do have access to, it, it makes us, quote unquote, the best, the greatest. It's not true. It's just not. Every place has what's messed up about it. And every place has what's amazing about it. Um, the way that, I don't know, it's just the people... The people and the, the spirituality of Africa is unmatched. It's unmatched. And anything that rivals it, it's it came from Africa anyway. And you, when you get there, like, I, I could give you all these descriptive words about what is excellent about Africa, but it doesn't really truly capture how amazing it is. When you literally feel it, You will, when you get there and you touch down, you can feel it spiritually you can feel it in the air like you're breathing it it's it's nothing like it she she also wants to know about the moves like what moves what spots you know what i'm saying are late i get it and i i said that like passport to zuri we're going to go into extreme detail um one of the things that we will be doing within the next i would say nine to twelve months is curating trips um We've already strategized what countries we want to introduce people to, how we're going to do it, the places to go. So our website, all of that is going to share that information. Um, Real cute. Yeah, because we can't just keep it to ourselves. Like, it's just, but it's too much to answer in one question, Brandy. So more to come, boo. Stay tuned, honey. Um, This next question comes from at Avec Coco. 
when oh, yeah. are you coming back i miss you she's so cute hey um, eunice hey go hey you know when i make moves i don't announce i just make it happen so the answer is soon and very soon okay um here's actually another question from her which is kind of deep hmm. um she wants to know what changes have you noticed in yourself since you've returned from the continent hmm that's a good question honey eunice you so nosy um but i'm gonna tell you Okay, I'll go first while you think about it. Because I just feel like your answer is going to be two go first. pages longer. Than I'm mine. trying to be concise, honestly. <clears throat> but you know, you answer. Because I, I don't... Sometimes I feel like I know exactly how to answer that. And sometimes I don't. Um, Mine is really short and sweet. Which is typically my situation. Um, I feel like... Even though I was only gone for a month and some change, um, because what it only takes twenty one days to form a new habit. Yeah, it does, according to science. Um, I just feel like I'm so much more trained, quote unquote, as far as the whole good morning, good afternoon, good night. Oh, you picked up manners. Look at you. Okay, relax. That's literally what you're saying, bro. You get training. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, that was one thing I really noticed about myself when I got back. Because I was still in that mode. And I just never dropped it. Because I left. And so I'm, I do that with everyone now. As opposed to not doing it before. Yeah. Um, and that's just... I guess that's just one of the major things. Um, that That's like um, vocal. Um, the little things that I noticed as far as changes about myself um just being more not necessarily frugal but being more appreciative of the things that i have and using things in moderation um just because why not i mean you know yeah. like you mentioned earlier obviously there's blackouts and that's like a regular it's a lifestyle you know mm-hmm so and it's not a big deal because the weather's still nice and yeah in the end the days are long so it, it kind of doesn't really matter the only the only time it gets challenging is when yes you do need to charge your phone or use your laptop if you have you know when we have work to get done right but um i would say those are the two major things that i could think of off the top of my head at this exact moment okay your turn I am not afraid of anybody or anything. I am afraid of God, and that's it. I feel like people and what they thought I used to really care about, and it's not that I'm careless of people's feelings, but I just understand now what's really important in life. I've seen a lot um, in my eight months of travel. I have experienced very testing circumstances right. i have had my spirituality tested mm -hmm. um i've been challenged in ways that i never thought i would be challenged as far as um being in a completely different environment 
you know, places where I didn't speak the language and still trying to navigate mm-hmm. and and take care of myself and be smart as, as opposed to being cocky um, because I have, you know, whatever level of education, like appreciating that education is not everything. Um, trusting people. You sometimes you just have to trust people and that really means you have to trust God. You just have to trust God. Um, I'm just I just see the world differently. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of shit that you're not going to be able to talk to me about and A, I'm not going to be able to waste my time giving you even my energy on certain things. I'm just not going to do it. You yes. you don't deserve it. That is one thing I yes, I did notice about myself. As far as changes, that energy is just... Energy is real. It's not for everybody. It's like, just, it's not for everybody. And then when you get back here and it's like, people want to bring up dumb shit. And it's like, this is literally a first world problem. Like, I don't feel you. Like, I don't think I people don't really realize what a first world problem is until you understand what a third world problem is. And a second world problem. And one you'll realize like a lot of problems that people call problems like in parenthesis or in quotes i mean like it's not a problem you're just you really don't have serious issues and you're idle and because you're idle you allow bullshit to fill your day i'm not on that wavelength if i ever was which i believe i was at one point in time that shit's a wrap it's a wrap so yeah, like, it's just certain things is just way too clear S- to the point where when things are foggy for people, I'm confused because I'm like, you don't see what I'm... Okay, well, I guess, you know, your experiences are different. And I have to respect that, but... That doesn't mean I'm here to entertain Exactly, your and a lot not. of people, I don't think they understand that just because I respect your differences, it doesn't mean that I, I respect it enough to give you my time and my energy okay um next i think this is second to last that we can get in for this episode um this is from at passport to pretty yes cute that's a cute little ig name kanisha she's it's as cute as she is she um i have to shout her out she's my dream come true Honestly, she is born and raised in the U.S., um, hails from Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Like, she's a Southern girl, um, lived and thrived here in the city for, like, a decade, you know, built her brand with based on her passion, you know, at the time, which is in makeup and fashion and beauty and that whole realm, and did very well and decided to travel the world. As a young, black, beautiful woman. And she did. And so we crossed paths with her first in New York because we were at an informational for Curious on Tanzania. And then again in Tanzania. And we, we stayed at the same place for a few days and just bonded on so many levels. And she went on with her travel. She traveled some more throughout Africa went to Europe, then to South America before getting back to the US. And she had had come from, I think, Asia. Um, I know she spent some time in Korea. Like she's absolutely dope. 
she and sounds lit. she's she's absolutely and she's authentic like in real life she's of course she's more amazing than her instagram but she it aligns and mm -hmm. she just gets it and one of the things that she shared um in a previous episode of noah hala was just how amazing and how different her time on the continent of africa was to her um especially spiritually so i just love her so much follow her because she's she's somebody worth following oh yeah well she would like to know what are your main tips for working abroad wow mm, good question that's a great question um I'll keep it simple because I don't have a lot of experience in that yet. But one thing that I learned from people who are of African descent, like born and raised on the continent or like went when they were super small from whatever country here to the U.S. and decided to go back and live there, they all said that they had to have more than one gig they had to have a backup plan because when you're stepping into environments that are completely different from what you're used to the infrastructure and way that business happens and politics happens and its effect on the job market and day-to-day -day activities what we're used to here in america it's not the same as over there and so things can change in a blink of an eye and you have to be ready to um, still thrive regardless. So you have to have savings, you have to um, have a second job, if you will, you have to have a backup plan. You Actually, you don't have to, but you will strain and struggle if you don't. So whatever it is that you're doing abroad, make sure according to the smart ones that I've met, make sure that you've got a backup plan. Gotta have a backup plan. Um, okay, here's a good question from Passport to Pretty. Can you tell me how dating men in Africa differs from dating American men? <laughs> Girl! I mean, do you want to answer the question? Because you hide. you something. No, this is... <laughs> I didn't have that luxury at the time. I did not have that oh. luxury. So you can go ahead and, you know. Well, um, I hate to stereotype and be general, but um, I'm sure my answer, in a sense, could be taken as such. You'll be fine, all of you who, who are listening. If you take offense, it is what it is. I got to be honest. If you take offense, then you obviously need to reevaluate You're probably yourself. guilty. Like, and, that's really what it comes down to. Um, in a nutshell, African men are extremely emotional and aren't afraid to wear their emotions on their sleeve. They're not afraid to show their emotions. And um, even if they're like trash, like on some bullshit, like that's not who you really should be dealing with. There's a, It's interesting. They, they carry like a... A way of honesty about it I can tell you authenticity this uh, this authenticity thing is so legit like it's consistent I definitely when I was in Ghana had a whole married ass man you know he was absolutely on it and he told me from the beginning this is the situation 
I'm married. This is my kid. Like showed me photos. This is <laughs> all. Showed you photos. These dudes, what? I'm telling you, showed me photos. Not of the wife, but Look of the mind. kids. Two kids. Cute. I think it was like to prove that he could have cute kids or whatever. I don't. I don't oh, even wow. know. But like the whole bit, and I was like, I'm not interested in anything but these free drinks and dancing like i'm good like this is this is fine for me and he really was like his logic was these young boys are going to lie to you i'm keeping it real with you and i got money so fuck with a real one Mm -hmm. and i was Mm -hmm. like you know what no thanks i respect your honesty i respect your honesty though um and yeah, he was in his feelings because I wasn't on it. Imagine. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, don't I definitely that. have also interacted with a, a single um, who was legit single. Like, I saw where he lived, so I know he was single. Um, and I didn't, we didn't date, but um, he was just like, he was just honest about his feelings about the type of things that they go through. This was now when we were in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the culture differs from east to west, to west, sure. north to south, in between, central, you know. Um, so it's not like every part of Africa is the same. You know, we say it all the time, and this is the realest. Africa is not a country. There are 55 full nations. I thought it was 54. It, oh, because it... Um, Eritrea. Eritrea, yeah. 55 legit, like, considered, you know, nations. But, um... And, and they all differ. Right. Even the ones that are similar are different. Um, Just like the 50 states of United States and every region has their own little... Way of doing things. It's the same damn thing. Right. And I don't know why people... I don't get it. People don't travel enough, I think is the answer. But Obviously. the difference, uh, African men, like, they're emotional and they're not afraid to show it. African-American men, I believe they are bottling their emotions because there's too many societal constraints that are fed through media, fed through music, fed through... Um, you know all kinds of mediums magazines da 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 from the time that you're young on how you're supposed to behave what you're supposed to do da 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 and these guys are sitting here just trying to make sure that they don't seem too emotional behave too this way or too that way or else they'll get put into this particular category and they're not ready to deal with the the consequences of what it means to be typecast as such so their masculinity, I feel like they're because they avoid their true emotions, they are, in a sense, tainting their masculinity. And that affects dating. Like, I'm heterosexual and I date heterosexual men. So I'm speaking from that space. Men believe that they have to be so macho that when they are emotional about something like they should not show it because it's a sign of weakness and i would love to say like i'm speculating i have legit had somebody who i've dated tell me that like his words i don't like you know when you talk to me this way like i get emotional and you you have a way of getting me emotional i don't like that you don't like to feel okay it's cool 
it's over but it's cool because I'm not dealing with that like that's an issue that you need to work through and I'm not your psychologist nor am I interested in taking on the energy that you're about to give me of bullshit good luck that's it I'm that's it I'm pom pom that's it so this um uh, this we have two more I promise and I'm done with you that's fine because girl I need to be done too at well what was her don diva that was her ig name but your bestie my ride or die oh my god my soulmate Brittany. i love dandy wow she wants to know what self-loving advice would you give today's young girls and women what self-loving advice yeah oh wow I think that one of the things that is not preached enough, that message is not out there yet, is that, and this actually could go for men too, but definitely it can start with women. We need to learn how to accept ourselves, flaws and all, and forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we make. I think that we tend to brutalize ourselves emotionally more maybe than some of the people who are are we would say are brutalizing us um i think we judge ourselves too heavily we hold ourselves up to a certain standard like if you make a mistake like oh my god i can't believe i can't believe i can't believe you did that and we beat ourselves up and that allows us to take beatings from others who are not even in a position to try and judge and um it's time that we let ourselves off the hook a little bit Uh, it doesn't mean you need to just be ridiculous and not ever be accountable accountability is absolutely required but you need to also learn how to forgive yourself because that's the whole process of growing okay well i think the way you answer the question is um similar to this last question which is from at Ave Coco she says she wants to know what advice would you give 25 year old Yima 25 year old me wow Mm. 25 year old me was um I was I'm proud of 25 year old me when I look back and think of what I did, what I was focused on accomplishing, da da da. I the one of the biggest things that I did at 25 for myself was I bought a house. Um, you know that's different from what a lot of 25 year olds do, but I didn't do it in order to be like I'm doing something that they're not. I did it because working in the banking industry at the time, I learned that um, you get more money. And your taxes, um, your tax returns if you're a homeowner. And I learned at the time where I was living, the amount of money that I was spending on rent was very close to the amount of money that I would spend on a mortgage. <clears throat> so it was a smart thing to do. Um, and I learned a lot. Um, but one of the things that I can definitely say that I did I put a lot of pressure on myself to be a certain type of person, um, to be somebody who was working in corporate America, 
who was um, people pleasing. Um, people, starting with my parents. I don't believe that you need to disgrace your parents, but you have to be careful not to live your life to appease their dreams and forsake your own. And 25-year-old Ima was definitely living out the dream of the African immigrant um, and what they want for their children. And unfortunately, I wasn't fully aware. aware of that. And it's not a blame game. It's just, you know, it is what it is in reflection. So if I was to cross paths with 25-year-old Yima today... I would tell her, hey, you need to think about going to the gym, girl, for real, because what you're putting into your body is really going to hinder your health if you're not careful. You need to figure out how to reduce some of this, this thickness that you're getting compliments on because it may look good in photos, you know, you may get a lot of attention, you know, this, that, and a third, but you really need to be more health conscious. Um... And you really need to spend more time figuring out what you really want to do and going after that as opposed to doing what you think is the right thing to do because of what has been, you know, embedded into your head by society. Mm. Yeah. Well... That's deep. That's deep in a rap. Do you think so? Yeah, it actually is. Um, a lot of women, a lot of girls need to hear that. They don't ever hear that. I'm sure they don't. Um, and it's it's good to get, it's a nice refresher. So, yeah, I mean. Why not? There's a lot of people in my life that are in their mid-20s and... This is literally what I try to tell them when they ask. I definitely don't go find them and just start talking to them because people don't like to listen. And a lot of times people, if they're not ready for what you have to give them, you're literally wasting your time. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um, one of the things, too, that I've realized about me coming back, I'm a lot quieter. I don't say too much. And I save what I have to say and what I think for platforms like this because I want, if somebody is listening to me, to take in what I'm saying because they chose to listen, not because I'm like forcing myself upon them. So, with that being said, um, this wraps it up for the very first Cyber Mailbag episode. Thank you all so much for taking the time out to submit your questions. Um, in the future, you'll be able to submit questions. I'm, and by the future means now. Um, through my email address for the podcast. No Wahala. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. Well, I think I have both. Yeah. No Wahala. I have No Wahala podcast <coughs> at Gmail mm -hmm. and podcast No Wahala at gmail.com <clears throat> okay so however you remember it you can get to me noahala podcast so you really can't you can't get it wrong you can't get it wrong unless okay. you just don't know how to spell got it but you can also um but how are you spelling wahala because that's you w a h a l a 
Okay. Just like it's pronounced. Because, you know, some people could be like, Noah Hala. You know, I get it. The, you know, if I he's get in North it. Africa, it would be like, Noah Hala. So, all of that. All of that. But we, keeping it simple. Shout out to, no- to North Africa. Shout out. Let me tell you something. You may not have noticed, but I put my profile for the Uber is the podcast. Yeah. And you see how the Arab drivers, they get hyped. They'd be like, no, Wahala. Like, because it resonates with them. Mm. We thought, yes. like, it was just West, West African. African. We learned last year at Afropunk that there's a whole, like, um, Caribbean, Caribbean um, community that uses Wahala as well. Like, this is real. I, I love, I love it. So, yes. No Wahala podcast at gmail.com or podcast no wahala at gmail.com you can listen on itunes google play stitcher tune in um what else oh, cast you, box you lit, girl i ain't know that yeah girl yeah girl spotify trying to play with me but it's gonna come okay it's gonna come and um until then um if you also are trying to figure it out and for whatever reason um none of this resonates with you um you can just google noah Hala the podcast you'll see an image of me and you'll know that that's the podcast to listen to i'm googleable baby wow i'm googleable thanks for having me so Saleh, as i mentioned she is my sister i have two She's the one who I asked for because I was sick and tired of dealing with my parents by myself. The other sister came, I came to your rescue. by a surprise years later and just filled our world. K-Slay is the name on Instagram. Yes. she. You need to follow her on Snapchat because honestly, I've never realized like... How late my stories are. Girl, she be having me on her stories. I don't even be knowing. It's annoying. Um, Follow me. My IG is at K-Slay. K-A-Y-S-L-A-A-Y. Um, my Snapchat is K-S-L-A-A-Y. Because somebody took the K-Slay, I, I believe. Um, and Oh, yeah. Also, um, check out my site. My styling site. If you ever need um, tips, questions. Um, if you need to get your life together versus when it comes to style honestly both men and women yeah i am sale.com i am s-a-l-l-a-y.com so stay blessed everyone thanks for listening guys until next time it's no wahala One day it's not going to sound corny. Hi, I'm Gaima, and you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, visit us at IamGaima 
facebook.com backslash no wahala.